Thank you for tuning into the VF1 show with VF and Vincenzo, the podcast that discusses all things business, marketing, politics, and government within the world of Formula One. If that's your thing, then you found the right place. So without further ado, it's lights out and away we go. Welcome back to the VF1 show. This is Vincenzo Landino. And joining me is the wonderful VF1. Castro, the VF Castro, the, as in like the yes. Ohio State University, but this is the VF Castro. What's uh, what's going on over there, V? How is everything in your world? Have you recovered from the power surge that happened last time we tried to record this episode? Yeah, no, everything is good. We tried recording this episode on Saturday, you guys. It is now um, October 3rd, Tuesday, and my power went out like like 20 minutes into recording so here we are we're doing our best you guys how are you doing vincenzo how's the beach i'm, I'm fantastic i am uh i'm sitting on a new england beach on the connecticut shoreline looking out at the water and uh it's it's true what they say looking at water every day is like just fantastic um my office is uh, like five minutes from the water so i try to come down here on lunch and whatnot or whenever to just look at the water and uh today i'm recording this podcast with you on the water. and it's i'm in a good mood so let's see if this changes let's see if this changes my vibe it should change your vibe because hello it's f1 it's new england it's good weather it's water like what's what's not to enjoy about this moment um not much except for our topic so let's see if the topics fire us up a little i know all right so the f two topics we're talking about today you guys the FIA rejecting three team bids, and then we are going to go into, is F1 losing its social media gains? That's an interesting topic of conversation right now throughout the F1 world. So Vincenzo, let's 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 start off with the FIA rejecting three team bids. What are your takes on this? Yeah, um, well, I don't know if it's exactly like, I don't know if I'm shocked. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I'm looking at this saying, yeah, I'm shocked. Um, wow. L-K-Y-S-U-N-Z pronounced lucky sons. Uh, I'm not shocked. They're, you know, they're rejected. Uh, Rodin, Carlin. I, I guess I'm a little, I don't want to say shocked, but I'm I'm less, it, it, it's not completely flabbergasting that they didn't get picked. And high tech also uh, didn't get picked. Um, you know the Andretti, the Andretti bid is the one that was selected, and now it's with uh, F1 Media to make the decision, the ultimate decision, which they have to basically go through or talk to um, the commercial rights holders. You know, there's more of a process here. It's not just like cool, you have the money, you've been accepted by the FIA, good to go. I don't know. Personally, I think the whole process is a bunch of crap. It seems like it's, I don't want to say overly complicated, but we know there's a lot of moving goalposts this entire time. You know, first it was 200 million, then it was, you know, 600 million. God knows what it is now. Um, I'm, I'm happy that Andretti got approved. I hope that they have um, an operation that is ready to go or, or somewhat uh, somewhat ready to go, you know, I guess successful because 
if we're talking about the Americas and the United States specifically, we we learned quickly that the Logan Sargent experiment was not going to do much by way of increasing Americans caring about the sport at all, right? It, it kind of, it's just there. He's not, uh, he's not performing at a level that America, makes Americans want to care. But I will say that Andretti has the opportunity to really make a difference, you know, from their operations to their legacy and history. Uh, I, of course, the Andretti name is just legendary. And, you know, who they're, who they're associated with, you know, current drivers are already associated in other series that they could pull over and, um, you know, have rates in, uh, in F1, the, the connections they've made with, with other manufacturers, uh, and they, you know, they, they were tied to Cadillac and, and Renault. And so they're, they're clearly making connections. They're making the right moves and we'll see what it brings. But no surprise from my end. Yeah when that came out i would have actually been more surprised had they said we're picking nobody i think that would have been a bigger surprise for me right and yeah i think that what andretti says is i mean especially if f1 does allow andretti in is that okay we've got haas and i think everyone knows how they feel about haas um at this point we have much higher expectations of haas to perform they're just they're not there they're, they haven't been there they'll I don't even I don't think they'll ever be there and that's unfortunate because I mean that's supposed to be our team and so people look at it and they say well you've got a mediocre team in Haas you've got a mediocre driver and Logan Sargent and although it's not I wouldn't say it's totally fair to compare the two because Haas has been around for a long time they've had plenty of time to prove themselves and Logan Sargent he really hasn't he's had one year um, James Vowles obviously kind of gave a little bit more of a vote of confidence in him, I guess, going into next year. They haven't confirmed he has a seat for next year, so that's strange. But anyway, going back to Andretti, though, um, they have said that they will operate their facilities out of Indiana, which is a state in the United States for those outside of the states, and that they would like to have a an American driver. So that would likely be Colton Herta. Um, but Lucky Sons, that's an interesting um team because i mean it's if you go to their website it's an asian startup which they apparently said they have one billion dollars to pay the anti-dilution fees um they said they've had investments by large investment funds that are globally committed to invest the funds needed that that's directly pulled from their website and it's interesting because they say that they push equality diversity inclusivity and all these different things and there's only two drivers that I feel like would actually, I, I think, follow in that ethos, and that would be Lewis Hamilton and uh, Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel is retired. Lewis, obviously, he's I think he's he's happy with Mercedes. He's not going anywhere. Um, so, you know, and it's it's crazy that you would actually have that as a proposed team entry on your website, knowing that this is the first year that the FIA enacted those rules that kind of ban using its platform for activism. So it's like, why would you have that in your pitch, knowing that the F, knowing that the FIA and that F1 really is kind of against that now at this point? It, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense from any angle, so. Well, no, you're, they're, they're interesting. And, and I, you know, I have a laugh at their, some of their social media posts uh, from, their 
founder. I guess I don't know if it's the founder or whatnot, but you know, I see a lot of these posts and I get a chuckle because I'm kind of like they're saying they're 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 using a lot of words and they're saying a lot of stuff yeah. or they're they're you know like typing a lot of stuff, but they're really saying nothing in these. It's it feels like empty platitudes and you know uh diversity inclusion and this and that it's like yeah that listen that's great i mean that's definitely things that people want to hear and i it feels like they were really banking on it's almost like they were banking on the fia to be like oh my god we are scared you know we're scared (laughs) of them exposing something and them you know using that kind of like in their favor to get picked right it's it's kind of like somebody it's i don't want to use like blackmail because it's not really blackmail but you know it's it's the whole argument of like hey i'm gonna go report you for this if you don't do this right yeah sort of thing but the faa you know i think the fia and f1 like they know exactly who they are they know they're they know what they aren't and for the like I don't know, it just—it's really weird that that the Lucky Sons thing is really, really strange yeah. for me. I, I don't like—I really don't understand what I, I'm looking at their stuff and I look at what they post. I'm trying to actually understand what they bring to the table, other than I'm—I mean, cool graphics or something now. Like at this point, and you know, I—they I, were saying something about being. Um. They, they kind of uh, leveraged all of the people they have involved in their operation, how they've come from all these other, all these other teams. And it's like, yeah, but give us something new because everybody kind of goes off of another team. You know what I mean? Like everybody has team, whatever, from other, you know, I can get Personnel somebody, from I can start up a team yeah. and, Right, personnel. Personnel is the word I was looking for. Like anybody can get personnel from other teams. Like, what exactly are you selling us on that? You know, they listed, they listed like, I don't know, fifteen teams in. Uh, uh, they didn't list fifteen teams. They listed. There was a post that really stuck out, and it was like, all of these teams historically in Formula One never built their own car before. Then they're like, we have expertise from you know and they put like ferrari and red bull and it's like oh okay cool i mean i could hire the graphic design intern from red bull and say i have experience from red bull like eh, yeah like tell me something better than that um and i'm not saying that's what they did but it's like you can you can word things anyway it so it feels like a whole bunch of like marketing hot air yeah and that one, I don't, I can't see that making uh, any headway ever. It feels like rich energy all over oh, again. Sure. If it probably worse, in my opinion. Um, well, they, one thing I found on their website that I thought was really funny, they said that F1 needs help and fast. And I'm like, does it? Does it really? Because I think from adding another team's perspective, that's not the help that F1 needs right now. I mean, I feel like no. they're pushing this whole thing like, hi, we're lucky sons. No one knows who the hell we are, but we 
can compete with Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren yeah. on day one. On day one, we are going to put a championship car on the grid. And that yeah, is not gonna, I mean it that is one hell of a thing to kind of, you know, in their own ways claim. Yeah. No, listen, there's there's I don't think any of these teams that are joining or having the the potential to join, even Andretti, are gonna make an immediate I, maybe Andretti will, right? I, maybe they will because they run other operations. Ro, you know, high tech and road also do. So maybe they'll have a little bit of a, you know, a decent shot at making some waves. But I, I don't see them doing like. Yeah. We're talking about we're talking about teams that have been that are knee deep in, you know, building cars and the experience they have and. It, it's not there's a reason why there's only 10 teams right there's a reason why there's so few teams that really can and of those 10 there's a reason why there's only four that actually compete right 60 percent of the current grid doesn't really you know they're fighting for fifth place yeah. and like that's reality for a new team coming in is you're fighting for fifth place, sixth place, maybe. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what the Andretti move does. What I do hope, like I said before, is that the Andretti move, uh, bringing on Andretti actually does help, you know, exposure to not just the American market, but North America in general and maybe even other countries that are very familiar with Mario Andretti and you know he's a champion they've got race teams in other series maybe maybe they'll get some crossover there people a little more interested in you know how is their new operation going to run I think all of that you know is in their favor um, but we'll see I mean, who knows there's still like guess there's still opportunity for them to be rejected it's not a done deal it's not set in stone uh, but it is it, it is exciting either way it's exciting to have a potentially proper 10th or 11th team that you know that might actually uh, give us a little bit of excitement give us some give us something uh, to root for here in the US of A and, and that'll be you know to me that'll be what what makes the difference and that's that's at the end of the day that's the reason why they were picked yeah the potential for them to actually make a difference in a market they've been actively trying to go after you know lucky sons to you to you know kind of continue beating them down for a second but pitching south of uh, uh asia and africa or whatever they're pitching yeah you know is that's great and all and i'm not saying that that's not a market that F1 shouldn't go after, but they're currently trying to get the Americas. So for them to go and, you know, change that up and go from being, hey, we want to get the Americas to, yeah, you know what? Let's throw in an entirely new area that we're going to go after. I mean, that's just, 
you know, and we'll talk, we're going to talk a little bit more about some challenges they're having with the Americas anyway. So yeah, to, to not have a focus, a clear focus would totally be, you know, uh, a bad idea. And, and I think we are seeing just more of that playbook, you know, being run and Andretti an 11th team, one from the U S proper U S team would be, would be a step in, in that direction. Well, I think that we know what Andretti stands for. You know, we know what their culture is. We know what they're looking for. We know they can build race cars. We know that um, they have F1 experience. We know that they're pretty much from day one going to be a team that, hey, maybe they're not competing for, you know, for podium the first maybe one or two seasons. But if they could make that midfield interesting, number one. Number two, if they could actually be that thing that really starts to hook Americans onto Formula One, the way Americans are hooked onto IndyCar and NASCAR, et cetera, I think that would be the best move for the sport because F1 is always looking to expand, expand and conquer, expand and conquer. That's why they're doing what they're doing right now. And I think you've got a lot of people in the UK right now who say they hate what Liberty Media has done to Formula One. They say that they're taking this European storied sport and they're Americanizing it. Well, I understand that, but I think you've you've got to look past that now. You've got to say, all right, this is this is just how it is now. This isn't no longer Bernie Ecclestone's Formula One. This is a Formula One that is allowing drivers to profit off their own name, image, and likeness now on social media. There, this is a very different game now. And they understand the money that's at stake and they want a part of it. And it's not that they just want a part of it. They want to let everyone have a part in it. And I think that is, that's pretty awesome. And you're not seeing teams complaining about, about the monetary potential right now. And I think that an Andretti team in Formula One would, would be, I think, a significant way for these teams, these other teams to have more, um, exposure to Americans that maybe they're used to uh, an Andretti from an IndyCar perspective and they've never really watched Formula One and suddenly they're watching it because they've got Andretti. It's like it's like kind of like what's happening right now in, in America with the NFL and Taylor Swift. You've got a whole new market of people. They might not be fans of the NFL, but they're now interested and it's boosting the numbers. It might just be a temporary thing, uh, you know, viewership numbers, jersey sales, uh, all those different things, social media, but it it is a boost and it is for some crazy reason getting this totally different market involved in in the NFL and maybe Andretti could be that kind of Taylor Swift moment that America needs to continue that expansion of the sport and that awareness of the sport and I don't think of, I can't think of a single person who would be on the grid, especially who would be against that. Yeah. Now, and I think it's a perfect, perfect segue into our, our, our other topic, which is we've got this Americas that we know they want to get at, go after. Um, there was a recent report that got shuffled around quite a bit shared around i know lucky sons was really big on sharing this as proof of f1 being a failure and all this stuff but there was this report um 
by a company called Buzz Radar. Now, for for what it's worth, I've I've never heard of them before this. Not to say they're not legitimate. Um, I just I always take things with a grain of salt. I don't know where all of the data necessarily uh, comes from and and their you know processes. Not not saying it's not accurate. I just don't know. So based on the report and based on the continued sharing of said report, um, there are there's buzz, huh, funny, that the social media conversation amongst users of the of social media is lower by some ridiculous amount, 70%, I think the number was. Yeah. Uh over, you know, last season or or twenty one or whatever whatever the, the number was. I don't have the report in front of me. But I am again another one of those things where I'm not shocked and yet I'm also not the sky is falling, right? I, yeah. I'm not sitting here saying, wow, it's all over for F1. My God, the social media mentions are down. Because let's take a look at the TV numbers. Those are not dropping either. I mean, they've fallen a little bit. It's marginal, but though. It's marginal. And any drop-off after 2021's incredible season especially the season ending race and the conversation that came from that, any drop off is to be expected. Yeah. So we can't sit here and act like, oh my God, we just thought it was going to go up and up and up. Right? And it's not reality. It's not how it works. So there's that. And then there's the fact that you know, something that I I mentioned a little bit, I tweeted this online and you know, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Vincenzo Landino to kind of get these insights a little bit right more regularly or daily, but my thing is, if you look at the TV numbers and you compare that to social, you'll really see that what's happening is people are passively putting on the race now because maybe it's a little less competitive, right? Or it's, it's a lot less competitive. Max is winning, this and that. You're not really watching... And people want to see a battle at the top, yeah. right? People are not like, oh, I really care about the midfield battle. Sure, for us diehard fans, we care about the whole race, and I'll watch a race no matter how boring it is. But the majority of people are not flipping it on to tune in to a 30- or 40-second win by the guy who's just won you know, 11 in a row or whatever. So you're getting people to watch it may be more passively. So like I look at the two numbers together to get a better understanding of what's happening rather than taking each of them out of context. Because yeah. if I took just the TV numbers, I'd be like, yeah, things are growing. If I look at social media numbers, I'm like, oh, the sky is falling. If you look at them together, you're saying, wait a minute. People are just not sharing about it because it's less exciting. I mean, in 21, you know, 2020, 2021, it felt like everybody had hashtag F1 in their bio yeah. on their Twitter account. Yeah. Like everybody. Oh, F1 fan. Big. And it's like, okay, I've never. That's kind of crazy for someone to signal to others that this sport they just started watching, they're suddenly a massive fan of. Yeah. 
I think what you're getting is a downplay in how much people are actually caring to share that. And also, as you mature as a fan, you're you're probably going to share a little bit less anyway, right? Your your sharing may become a little bit more fanatical, but not as frequent. Like there are the diehard, absolute crazed fans that tweet F1 nonstop, right? It's like they'll, they'll tweet a million times a day and it's all about F1. Well, that's different, but you're not getting those people doing that uh, as regularly anymore when things aren't as exciting on, on TV. So it's like, yeah, I'll turn it, tune in, but I'm not going to sit there and like whip out my phone to tweet everything that's happening or engage in these conversations. Like maybe I'll do a tweet here and there. Or I'll respond to somebody or whatever, but that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm over at that point. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I don't know. That's my take. What do you think? Something I've noticed, especially in the last year is that I would say engagement on X, formerly Twitter, is down for pretty much everyone. Um, it, it's it's you have those people who hit those home runs every day, and then you have those people that I mean, I tweet non like pretty much nonstop during race weekend about F one. I end up deleting half of them because I'm like, okay, shit, I'm talking to myself right now. Um, but you know, for someone who has like seven thousand, eight thousand followers right now, I shouldn't be getting three hundred views per per post, right? That 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 doesn't make sense. The math isn't mathing. So maybe some people are just kind of having that same reaction too and saying that I don't want to talk about this on Twitter or X anymore because there's no point. I'm not even talking to anyone. And you can hashtag things all you want to. I've noticed a lot of people with with football in the football community say the same exact thing that they've noticed they used to tweet things all the time with the hashtags and they would get tons of engagement and you know for better or for worse and now they're just it's just not there so obviously i think something maybe has to be affecting the algorithm has to be affecting maybe how people choose to engage on social media maybe more people are going to um instagram for example but yeah, you know, they say that mentions are down 70.2%, new followers are down 46.29%, and social media reach is down 64.1%. And fans have cited a lack of title fight that has made the sport boring. And, you know, we can't disagree with that. It it, it really has. But, you know, when you think about also how many people were streaming and watching, um, F1 and Drive to Survive during COVID lockdowns, that number is not going to reflect the number of people streaming and watching and posting and tweeting that that is today, right? More people are getting out of their houses. Yeah. They're doing other things. They're going out on Sunday mornings. They're, you know, they've, they've got lives now yep. that they can get out of the house and go back to. So I really think that those, those explosive growth numbers that we saw in say 2019, 2021, that era, that was a fluke. That was kind of a flash in the pan. And that was a flash in the pan because of a situation that affected everyone globally. So I don't think we should be comparing F1's growth to that period. Although we, you know, we look at the valuation that F1 had, that explosive valuation growth. That's one thing, but I just don't think we can be. We should factor that in because that was that weird event that had to happen 
um, for these numbers to blow up the way they did. So take that out of the equation. Would F1 have had this meteoric rise that it had? No, it wouldn't have. That was the factor. So, you know, it's it's like saying, okay, we want to get people to continue watching TV. We want to get people to continue engaging on social media. But what are we going to do as a sport to get people to actually sit down and watch the race and want to engage with other people or teams about the sport itself? Well, you're not going to accomplish that by continuing to push boring racing. And I'm also not saying that that they need to come up with some sort of sanction on Red Bull to, you know, to stop their performance growth over the season. That's not fair either. But they have to figure out something if they want to continue this growth period. And I don't think races like Vegas are going to do it. I just don't think that that is, is kind of as sustainable as they want it to be um, because that is now considered kind of the Monaco race now. Um, They need to push other races like the U.S. Grand Prix that's happening in two weeks. They need to push, um, I think, other races around the world that are more storied. Um, Silverstone, for example, Monza. They need to push those really historic tracks more than they're pushing the Vegases because that, again, could just be a flash in the pan race, especially if Red Bull runs away with it this year, if they've, you know, got even a podium this year. They don't even have to win, although I think Max is a likelihood. Um, They need to do something else because like you said, TV numbers and social media numbers, they're not mutually exclusive to one another. But if the algorithms aren't working right now the way they used to work uh, in old, you know, Twitter days, then they can't really factor that in anymore. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not an apples to apples comparison anymore. I'm right there. Listen, I think there's a, it's kind of a, it's a convergence, so to speak, of things that are now the issue or now becoming an issue um, that maybe were not before. Like you said, we have networks that are just not giving reach and like, okay, so all of this stuff is happening. People are probably discouraged from tweeting, first of all, like you mentioned, right? And then on top of it, you're like, what the hell am I going to share about this for, right? Um, To keep people interested that long at a fanatical level takes a lot. And I'm not sure. I mean, we've talked about this on the show numerous times. F1 wasn't ready for the growth they experienced. They, you know, not, not to their fault either. It's the Netflix thing exploded because of COVID. I don't, I don't even know if without COVID we'd be where we're at quite frankly, because drive to survive it. I mean, it's good for someone who's never watched it before. And is like, Oh, you know, I'm interested in, in, you know, the races and whatnot, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not like it's something that would normal. I don't want to say would normal. That's kind of probably not the right thing to say either, but it's not like it would have taken off if the entire world didn't start watching at the same time. But here's the thing. It was Drive to Survive came out before COVID. Yeah, and no, nobody exactly. was talking exactly. about it. And then suddenly I I, uh-huh. I remember I was I was in my apartment in Boston and bored out of my mind, scrolling, doom scrolling on Twitter like everyone else. And suddenly I see JJ Watt posting about it. And then suddenly his fans start posting about it. And it's like that's how it happened. 
So whether people want to yeah. agree with that or not, celebrities started watching it and then other people started you know, catching on. So no, I don't think it would have, F1 would have had the growth that it had. So, so I'm saying take the drive to survive COVID explosion out of the equation and we're looking at a very different sport right now. But again, this is why, and we yeah. push this so often that F1 needs to start working with actual content creators because they're more relatable, right? So it's, they have opportunities to do things and they're just, they're not taking them. They're not doing it. It's just kind of making the sport more exclusive, more gatekeeper-ish from the people that have actually gotten in the doors. Um, and I, again, I don't think that's how you grow the sport because it's not, it's not saying to content creators or to fans, Hey, if you create a social media channel, or if you, you know, create a podcast or a YouTube or whatever it is that they're ever going to even give a shit about you, you know, that that's why, why are we continuing to push content for free that we're making? Not, not you and I, but like the general, you know, content creation community that I'm saying it's not exclusive to us, but like that you think F1's never going to care about. We're just, we're pushing this sport and we're getting nothing from it, right? So how are you going to get people to be more interested in the sport if, you know, and, and, and using their own time to talk about it when they don't really see anything in it for them? And that's why I think F1 needs to start incentivizing these things. No, I look at these, at all of these events, like everything coming together and saying that, you know, F1 they need to embrace something different. They, they've got to understand that where they are at is yeah. different than way, where they were at in 2017, 18, 19. And the eyeballs are on them. I can't repeat that enough. Like the eyeballs are on them. Uh, you know, in order to really connect, they've got to do something different. They've got to do something different. And you know, the elite attitude, if that's what they choose to do, you know, fine, because it looks like that's what they want to, but it's only going to take you so far. And, and from a growth perspective, you're only going to grow to a certain point, you know, but before, before you're just not, I don't want to say not accepted because I know that's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of hyperbole, but you are not. You're not going to jump into the uh, the areas that you want to, the way you think you're going to, just because maybe you believe it's owed to you now that you're, well, you know, we're F1. It's like, okay, well, see how long that attitude lasts, especially in certain areas. You know, again, the United States being one of them. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be, uh, I think... I have other thoughts on this. I, I think I want to formulate them better um, because I, I do have an idea and uh, I actually would love to hear what, what other folks think. Like, where do they think F1 is right now in the kind of consumer journey, so to speak? You know, are we at the peak? Are we past the peak? Are we on the downfall? Um, are we on the upswing and we're just you know, at the challenge phase, what, what's the issue? I would love, love, love to hear because I got thoughts, but I don't want to lead anyone down a certain road. Yeah, no, really. If, if you're listening to this or if you follow us on social media, let us know what you would like to hear or see from formula one that would get you interested in the sport 
that would get you talking about this, the sport more on social media. Um, what is missing here? We're curious and yeah, maybe we'll, we'll revisit this in another episode, but I know you have to take off. I do. I do. I have to get back to the office. Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap that with, uh, wrap with that. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you guys can think of anything or if you guys have any thoughts on this, let us know. Um, you can find me on X at VVF Castro and Vincenzo at Vincenzo Landino, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. We will talk to you guys later. Five-star rating review. Ciao. Please. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the VF1 show. If you liked it, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And for previews of next week's show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the VF Castro and Vincenzo Landino.